Welcome to Cook It! We are Drea and Renee, friends who love to cook and bake. Though we are busy with six kids combined, we still take time to meal plan and make home-cooked meals for our families. This week, we are cooking from Black Girl Baking by Jarell Gee. Yay! And this week, we made that not-an-easy-bake cake with the raspberry glaze. You sure did. It's like one of the first recipes that hits you in the face. It's like number two in her book. And yeah. uh, it intrigued both of us. Yeah, the picture looks amazing with that, like, pink sauce. Mm -hmm. Yes. How did it work out for you? Uh the recipe did leave me with some questions, but overall, like the final product was really, really delicious. Uh, and my kids really loved it. And the cake part was so moist and tasty, but I will tell you some of the questions that I, that it came up while I was making it. Yes. So she has you sift the dry ingredients and because you're using white whole wheat flour, mine had a lot of wheat germ in it. Yeah, me too. So I sifted it and all the wheat germ came out and then I just tossed that right back in the bowl because I was like, what's the point? What's the point of using whole wheat flour if you're not going to keep the wheat germ? So I was like, well, I'm dumping it right in. And though you could taste it a little on the first day by the second day, like you couldn't, you couldn't taste it at all. And uh, now it was really good. She specifies white whole wheat flour. Yeah, and which I, I actually did... had. Okay, and it still had the wheat germ? Yeah, it did. Okay. And, but the flour I... is a lot lighter than like okay. traditional whole wheat. I wasn't sure if it was just because I got regular whole wheat flour that I had the wheat germ. So I'm happy to hear that we both did the same thing and threw that right back into the cake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's the point? Of buying whole wheat flour and using whole wheat flour if you're just going to take out the best part of it. So I just made sure there was no lumps and threw it in. Uh, the other question I had was like, why Why am I adding all my dry ingredients together, whisking them together, and then sifting? That seems like a strange step, like order of steps. But whatever. Mm -hmm. That's just me being nitpicky. Um, yeah. my, ne my next question is not much a question but like okay so there's coconut butter in the icing yes I do not know where you buy coconut butter I have looked all over so I was like hey look I have this uh food processor I'll just make my own and it like the food processor did a great job it was so cool it turned a solid into a liquid and I was like so pumped but then I stuck it in the fridge because I had made it ahead of time did you know that you're supposed to melt that stuff really slow and not put it on in the microwave for like three minutes? Oh. That, that shit burnt. I was mixing <gasps> it and there was like a big burn spot in the middle. And I was oh like, no. oh no. <laughs> so my advice to you is to, if you're going to put it in the fridge, melt it with extreme caution because mine burnt and I had to switch gears and do the um, confectioner sugar icing because I was not making another batch. Yeah. And uh, actually, it worked out great. The only thing is she doesn't tell you like how high to heat the glaze. She just says heat it. She doesn't say like on medium or medium low or anything. But like it turned out really good. 
I did not yeah. care. Like I figured it out. I took the seeds out. It was so good. I would even try making it dairy free next time for my like vegan friends because it was a yeah. really, really great recipe. How did it turn out for you? Um, so I had the same deal with the wheat germ. Um, but other than that, I like that she uses unsweetened applesauce mm-hmm. uh, and yogurt instead of like the butter as like a binder agent and eggs. Um, and I did make the coconut butter in my food processor, but I did not put it in the fridge. I put it, I left it in the cupboard because wherever I was reading, it said to store it in the cupboard. Um, Wow. That would have been a good, that's a hot tip for our listener. Yeah. So, um, but I didn't find that you really got that coconut flavor in the raspberry glaze. Mm. So, which was good because my one child doesn't like uh, coconut. Mm -hmm. Um, And instead of using just raspberries, I used frozen mixed berries because that's what I had available. Um, And then like you, I put it through a fine sieve and like took out all of the seeds. So it was like extra like velvety. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that it wasn't too sweet. Like it was just the right amount of like sweetness to add to after a meal. Mm -hmm. And that cake did not last long here. (laughs) It lasted a while because I wouldn't let the kids eat it every night. And I was trying to be good myself, but it was really tasty. Like it was really tasty. I would make that again. And not just, like I said, I would swap out the yogurt next time for dairy-free and yep. serve it to my vegan friends. Like, it was so good. It was very so delicious. what what, uh, what would you replace the yogurt with? Just you a think, dairy-free yogurt? Yeah, I probably would get, like, a coconut milk yogurt instead. Okay. That way you're still getting that same, like, coconut flavor-ish. Yeah. I don't know. See, it was really good. The ingredients in this are so whole um, that... I would think that it's a nice, it's not even a treat, really. Like you talked about being, you're trying to be good, so. Oh, yeah, well. Or is it like a gateway? uh, It's the fact that I could have like a massive hunk. And it's not like I have less dinner. I just also eat an enormous like chunk of cake. Okay. That's my, that's my problem. I see. (laughs) Yeah. If I was like. It's funny because sometimes my mom used to do this movie night thing and she would, uh, she would skip dinner to have her movie night popcorn. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I don't think that's good for you. And she's like, I don't care. I'm an adult. I can do what I want. I'm like, <laughs> That's true. You are. But I don't skip any of my mealtime calories. I just like, well, I'm also having cake for dinner. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so that's like, that's the only thing. It was really, really good. Yeah, I found it was nice that it didn't have too much sugar in it because mm-hmm. then um, my kids, like, it wouldn't get them all hopped up on sugar. Yeah. Did you use coffee? I did, yeah. Nice. But I find it cooks out and doesn't really affect them the same as sugar does. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I made two, and I brought one to my, so um, a friend of mine, she uh, lost her mom suddenly in late June. Mm-hmm. And so, or I guess early July. Um, 
And so I, I made this cake as well as chili for her and her dad, um, for her to bring to her dad. Mm -hmm. And she ended up, um, I brought her the cake and she ended up cutting it up and sharing it around. So it was super nice. She is actually, she has to really watch her sugar intake. So Mm -hmm. I made it, I actually replaced the brown sugar with coconut sugar. And so it, it, uh, didn't increase her sugars, like her blood sugar at all. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And it tasted good. Yeah. Did you try it? Yeah. That's how I made mine too. Oh, did you just do one for one? Yeah. That's Mm. I, whenever I replace with coconut sugar, I usually just do a one for one. And the texture turns out the same. Yeah. Mm. Coconut sugar is like super close to brown sugar. I find in terms of like texture and like how it bakes up. That is a hot tip. Yeah. I would not have and thought it, to do that. Yeah. And it doesn't spike blood sugar because I confirmed with her. I'm like, it doesn't, coconut sugar doesn't bother your blood sugar, right? And she's like, no, no, it's it's good on your blood sugar. I think it's called so. a glycemic index. Yeah, yeah. I I <laughs> yeah. only know that Dr. because Freya. I only know that because I was looking up ways to keep my own blood sugar from like spiking and oh yeah that's why the intermittent fasting that you do sometimes I'm like that's not for me I need to like just be constantly eating okay yeah or like keto where it's like no sugar at all oh yeah that almost killed me (laughs) that's an exaggeration but it was definitely not the diet for me I will say or the lifestyle I have a friend though who's on it and she's lost a lot of weight yeah amazeballs not that that's it, what made her look amazing. Amazing, she always looked amazing. Yeah. But the trick is to like continue maintaining the keto way of eating because the minute you fall out of ketosis, it'll come screaming back. Yeah, I think her thing is that she needed to lose like a hundred pounds, mm. and then she can start her like she can learn how to eat like a just a average person. Yes. A boring yeah, yeah. average person. <laughs> anyway. You know, whatever you guys gotta do. Yeah. Exactly. To feel good and maintain a healthy lifestyle. Even that even means sometimes being quote unquote overweight. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Round is beautiful as long as you feel like you're <laughs> keeping fit. I know. Great. I I've been working out every weekday for uh seven or eight weeks now and the scale will not move no Um, but you're probably more muscle now yeah I like to tell myself that (laughs) and not not as breathless probably whenever you have to run down the laneway to get the recycling out there (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) that's what matters yeah so that was our non-easy beat cake what recipe did you make so I made the pop biscuits. They're what a take are on. Oh, oh, I don't know. Them. Remember, I'm 85. on the. Um... Yes. Okay, page book. eighty-five. Thank you. Yes. Do you know that initially I didn't think there was very many recipes in this cookbook? Like I, I virtually leafed through it, and I was like, yes. nah, I don't know. I guess there's like, I guess there's a couple, but to me, it didn't feel like there. It was very robust. And then yeah. I went through it again and I was like, hot damn, there's lots of recipes in here. And I flagged like a bunch more af- upon my 
second or third flip through, I was like, oh, yeah, there's lots of I'd like to try on here. That's fun. Yeah. There, there, it definitely was a bit of a slow burn. And I think it's just getting past the fact that it's a baking book, but it's not just sweets. There's savory and, Mm -hmm. but there's not necessarily like main courses in it or anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple sides that look really interesting. And like, she's got some spicier stuff too, which I was like, yeah, that looks neat. Although of course it's, she's got like faux Jamaican patties. Like, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not making those. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can just imagine the reception I would get from my children. Yeah, they Why? would look at it and Although, be like, mm. "Yeah." Um, so I made the pop biscuits, which is a take on the, um, you know, the Pillsbury ones that come in the tube. Yes. I guess if you freeze it and you let it thaw too long, it'll eventually explode out of the um, out of the can on the counter. Which has definitely oh. happened to me before. Oh, that's never happened to me. Oh, well, I guess when it's in the fridge or the freezer, the yeast is dormant. And then when you put it in room temperature, it starts to activate and expel gas and it will explode. So nice. uh, anyway, so it makes a pop sound and it makes a pop sound when you bust it open. Yes, it does. And, that, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I made those yesterday and they were, they're very tasty. The method is a little strange. She ha- It's like just a very plain bread dough. It's a very, very small ball of dough. So just enough for like eight or six or eight biscuits. And she has mm-hmm. you roll it out and then do like a lamination where you put a layer of butter and then fold it in and rinse and repeat five times. Okay. Um, the problem that I had was she doesn't tell you how thick to roll out the biscuit dough. So oh. mine were quite thin. Okay. Um, and then uh, rolling out the biscuits, like putting that layer of of uh, butter in there. She doesn't. She doesn't have you chill the butter as a block, and she doesn't have you chill the dough when it, the butter's in there. So it gets very messy. Oh. Um, yeah, and like you would not like it at all. You'd have to have your gloves on. Um, there's another thing my friend actually just sent me a picture last night she was like breading chicken and her fingers were full of breading and she's like your worst nightmare (laughs) (laughs) anyways carry on (laughs) um there's also a step in the recipe where she's like now repeat with the second block of butter and I was like what second block of butter I don't know what you're talking about lady so I guess, I don't know if she meant to like tell me to divide, divide it at some point, but I'm like, it's definitely not in there. Oh. Yeah. So I was That's like, well, I, I'm ignoring that and we will proceed. And then, yeah, she just says. Yeah, I'm just reading through and the, yeah, she only talks about flattening like one six tablespoon go of butter. Yeah, which is not a lot of butter. And that's another thing. Like she has you roll it out till it's three times as wide as it is long. And I'm like, okay, lady, like I can really roll some dough. So here I am trying to smush out six tablespoons of butter across this enormous sheet of dough. And I was like, well, I'm sure it'll be fine if I just wrap it up and see what happens. 
And it was. It was good. They, I rolled mine too thin, but they were really tasty. Now, do, like, do you, do, having made it, mm-hmm. do you see a need for having laminated the dough? You do get nice um, layers in the final biscuit. Okay. But, but I think you would probably also get a really lovely biscuit if you just added the butter whenever you're kneading the dough. Like if you cut it in. Yeah, like, um, no, it wouldn't, I don't think it would work like that because it's a uh, yeasted dough. So oh, it's really, okay. it would be hard to mix, but like more like, I don't know if you've ever made a brioche, but you mix up the dough and then you add the butter one tablespoon at a time into your mixer and the mixer just kind of incorporates it into the dough. Oh. You could do that and I'm sure you would get the same, the same results. Nice, tasty biscuits. Did yours get all browned like hers did? Mine did not look like hers. <laughs> like, uh, let's see. Yeah, I was like, they are definitely brown on top, but they're not puffed. And hers are like kind of shiny. Yeah. Yeah, mine are did not shiny. I, she doesn't say. Also, the ones that she cuts out are circles, and these ones are like clearly square so I'm like what is going on with this recipe mm-hmm. I mean they're they're tasty I would say personal advice don't roll them out too thin like yeah make six biscuits not eight and uh, don't over roll your dough because I ended up with seven biscuits and they're very thin but I also tried to cut them big enough to be burger buns and that that didn't work <laughs> <laughs> they were way too skinny like, oh well I see yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. So what recipe did you make? Um, I made the peaches and cream cake mm. on page 94. I have definitely flagged that one. Looks great. And um, so I made a double batch. Yeah, because it calls for two peaches, right? Uh, it does. Yeah. yeah. So I had four and I used uh, white flesh peaches mm. and I made one recipe in the springform pan as directed. And the other one I did in ramekins for individual desserts that I served mm. at book club, which was held outside in a socially distanced way. I saw your um, pictures and I was like, that is so friggin' cute and smart. <laughs> well, I we was hadn't bored. Had- book club in so long and I'm like it's August we can have it outside I took over hosting because the person who was supposed to host um doesn't really have a yard and didn't Mm -hmm. want people in her house which is totally fine so I hosted and I know that some of our members are like we're not all part of the same bubble Mm -hmm. and they're they have elderly that they are very close to so I knew that they would be nervous so I wanted to make sure it was as comfortable as possible for everyone with um few to none common touch areas yeah I was like is is she secretly Martha Stewart because it was (laughs) it was insane to the individual crudite with the dip inside in a cup and I was like oh my God. Oh, it was two cups. It was one dip cup and the crudite in another cup because I didn't want to force people, force dip on people. <laughs> but also so I yes. made in, individual charcuterie 
uh, platters for everyone. Um, yeah, it was insane, but it was super nice. And anyways, these were the dessert and they went over just as well as everything else. Um, I found that the, um, this, the spring form pan, like it, I don't understand the need for having used the spring form pan because you, we, I could have gotten the same result just lining a regular cake pan with parchment paper and pulling mm -hmm. it out. Um, because I see that they serve it on a plate, like coffee cake style. Mm -hmm. Um, so in, um, in the event that people don't have a spring form pan, don't let that deter you. Um, but no, it came together really nicely. It, and when I was making it, I was actually surprised because I didn't read through everything first. I got all of my ingredients ready and then I started reading through and you actually layer the cake and then put the peaches in the center and then the rest of the batter on top. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then I didn't do the whipped cream uh, on top, just the way I was serving it. It was going to add like too much complexity. Mm -hmm. Um but it turned out really good. And it again, it was not super sweet. So it was, you know, it wasn't like overwhelming. And it's like, oh, I can only have like two bites because it's too much sweetness. Um, and then you, you almost kind of marinate the peaches in lemon juice and cinnamon. Mm -hmm. And that tasted so good, like in that layer, like that cinnamony flavor with the white flesh peaches. It was just, it was really good. Mm. Um, yeah, I, so, and it came together. So I would say it was a win. I feel like I did not have the trouble that you had with your pop biscuits. Though. <laughs> well, you know, I just, uh, it was a fussy recipe. That's all. Um, yeah. The springform pan, I was like, oh, if there's a topping, like a streusel topping, because some coffee cakes have like that crunchy layer at the yes. top. And if you have to turn it over to get it out, then all mm. you lose half your topping. But I see that there isn't one. So I'm, I am surprised that they use a springform pan. Maybe yeah. she just likes it. So you get those clean sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it does, a springform pan will give that nice like hard edge right mm -hmm. and I like that um in the book like she's giving the like cup measurements but she also gives grams but then she also does the Fahrenheit the Celsius and the gas mark mm -hmm. um, dial numbers and I'm assuming that the gas mark thing is like a European yep. um that's what thing, British people use like, stoves yeah, so I think it's really cool that she's trying to be like as inclusive as possible with um all of those different um measurements and whatnot. Yeah, I agree. Plus I like the the weight measurement better. I find I use less dishes that way. Yeah. I just you just get out my on one bowl and yeah. Yeah. Although when I was making one of these recipes or perhaps a different one. I used way too much vanilla because I thought there was one of those like poor slower downers in it. And oh. there wasn't. <laughs> so I ended up with like blue twice the vanilla. vanilla. Yeah, mm. it was nice. <laughs> it, yeah, it would have been. But again. I mean, sad because you're using way more vanilla than you need to be. Yeah. That stuff is it's sacred. That's true. I recently read an article published by America's Text 
test kitchen about artificial vanilla. And mm-hmm. I kind of want to try it. It's so much cheaper. And like, apparently in baked goods, it's a pretty good substitute. And I was like, interesting. But now I have like five uh, bottles of vanilla because I made my own and I ordered a bunch of random different kinds. So I have to oh. use some of those up before I start buying phony vanilla. Well, I'm glad because when you started in, I thought you were going to say America's Test Kitchen was going to say, don't use artificial vanilla. And that's, as we've said before, that's what I use because I'm too cheap to buy the good stuff for just my everyday baking. Well, yeah. And whenever you expose it to high heat, like you're losing a lot of the flavor anyway. So maybe artificial is better for that. So then what would you use real vanilla for then? I think uncooked, like primarily uncooked um, or low heat things like ice cream, natural vanilla is really, really nice. And like, um, or where the main flavor is vanilla, say for a creme brulee or a vanilla pudding or stuff like that. But they were like, yeah, if you're just going to put it in as an added, like an added something to your chocolate chip cookies, it doesn't need to be legit vanilla. And I was like, that's very interesting. I, they may have changed my whole opinion on this. Well, I mean, I I do love real vanilla, but, or like the real vanilla extract, but. Yeah. But it's super expensive. So. Yeah. $4.99 a bottle is pretty tempting whenever, or like the $11.99 at Costco is pretty. Yes. Well, I'm happy that my vanilla bubble has not been burst. So, because I'm willing to splurge on like the, the. Vanilla bean paste and stuff for like, Mm -hmm. like you say, like in a custard or something where that's the flavor coming through. But if I'm just making chocolate chip cookies, I ain't going to use that stuff. So, yeah, I also like that it makes baking like a little more accessible because some some stuff is very expensive. And if you have to buy like a $40 bottle of vanilla just to get started, people aren't going to want to do it. No, no. So... Speaking of accessible, you know what's really accessible? Is it zucchini? It's zucchini. (laughs) (laughs) Are they ripe in your garden right now? Oh my goodness. They are just bursting. Well, so they are and they aren't. I, my zucchinis were kind of a slow start, my little zucchini plants, and I have one that's producing, but all of my neighbors are, it's zucchini fest. And so Mm -hmm. they keep bombing my house with zucchinis so which is good because our next recipe is zucchini bread it's on page 146 for everyone who has the book book Mm -hmm. Uh, and it has uh it's egg free and there is a vegan option that you can like she how do i Actually, I don't know. I'm wondering if, like, I'm looking at this, and she indicates, like, dairy-free butter instead, or dairy-free instead of the unsalted butter, but is she considering the fact that honey is not vegan? I don't know. I wondered about that thing myself, but Mm, is this one where she's... Well, and there was one where she wrote specifically, like, you can't substitute maple syrup or agave in this recipe but that this doesn't seem to be the one no maybe she just 
is leaving it up to the vegans to change it. Yeah, true. Like some people consider uh, honey vegan, some people don't. Yes. Yeah. I know a couple of vegans who do have honey and then I know others who are very strict and do not. And I feel like people who are vegan for dietary um, reasons or mm-hmm. like health reasons are more open to having honey. It's usually less of a issue um, thing that they consume. Like it doesn't, that's not the main contributor to the reason why they're vegan. Yeah. Whereas I find individuals who are vegan for ethical reasons are less likely to have honey. That's Agreed. my wild, my wild assumption for the day. <laughs> I think I think that's fair. Although I feel I feel it's a little funny because like trust me, those bees are not going without. The bee farmers want to provide them with enough food for winter to keep them alive so that the next year they have this lovely crop of bees available and ready to make more honey. So it's not like they're exploiting the bees, but and they're taking good care of them. They're not stealing their honey. They're definitely making sure that they have enough for winter. But yeah. But. Uh, speaking of bees, and I'm going to segue a little bit from our zucchini bread. But mm-hmm. I have told you before, we have a company that houses their hives on our property, right? Mm-hmm. So they have um, workers who like they come in and they go and they tend to the hives and whatever. So we were having supper and one of the workers came up to the door and he gave us like one of these like slats or whatever, like combs out of the box. He's like, here, it's a gift. And (laughs) he gave it to us to like harvest the honey out of it. Um, and oh no. What do you mean? Oh no. Um so yeah, so he gave us this thing. And yes, it can be messy and I can see like that, but we I got out like a huge sheet pan mm-hmm. and put parchment paper on it and I started like chiseling away like all the honeycomb and like straining it out through a sieve into a bowl and I got like a liter of honey out of that thing and it wasn't even like, I'm sure I could have gotten more out, but I just, I was like, okay, like I can't just let this sit here and drain forever. Like it will literally take forever. Yeah. They use a centrifuge to get that out normally. Okay. But that honey was so fresh and light and delicious. Like I get honey from the company every fall and I know that that honey is super fresh, but this was just, it was next level. It was mm-hmm. so good. Do they pasteurize it before they give it to you usually? No. No, they don't. It's unpasteurized. Right. I'm out of ideas. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I think it was just like the ultimate freshness, like out of the hot hive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, some recipes do call for honeycomb and stuff. So. Yeah. Anyways, um, it was super good. It was fun. Did they remove the wax for you on the outside? No, I had to do it. Oh my God. That's the part that I'm like, that's a nightmare. I would not want to have to deal with all of that. Yeah, I did it. It was it was fine. It was good. My mom was, does all that for me. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. 
So that was my honey segue. But we, so honey is involved in our zucchini bread recipe. But do you have any concerns or questions about this zucchini bread recipe? No, it seems pretty straightforward. I uh, I was on vacation for two weeks, and um, I skipped my meal box, and they'll let you defer to another week. So instead oh. of like staggering my double boxes, I just got three last Thursday, <gasps> and uh, so I ended up with like nine zucchini. Oh my god! So I was like, perfect. Guess what I'm making? Zucchini <laughs> bread. Um, yeah. I and also there's made so many, there's so many like zucchini bread recipes out there. So oh, yeah. I'm excited to like make this one and see how it measures up to the others. Well, and most of them are really not very good for you, like loaded with butter and chocolate and like cocoa and lots of sugar. Mm-hmm. We have one in my family cookbook and it's called like Uncle Pete's Diet Zucchini Bread and it has like two pounds of butter in it. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, apparently it's amazing, but I've never made it for obvious reasons. That is reasons. so much butter. Yeah. It might and not it be, just, it might not be two pounds, but it's a lot. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, um, it seems, like you said, it just, it seems pretty straightforward. It doesn't, it uses a lot of the similar ingredients, like the whole wheat flour, the unsweetened applesauce. Um, she recommends oat or nut milk for it. And then a cinnamon sugar topping. The only thing is, she does not say how much cinnamon sugar topping or the ratio of mixture. So I had some in the cupboard and I just used it. And I, oh, wait, I haven't made it yet, guys. Surprise. <laughs> um, there was something in the recipe that I was like, oh, that's strange. No, I can't remember what. Well, oh, well, oh, it's, it's the lemon. I'm like, oh. that's weird. Le- lemon in zucchini bread, I guess. But it seems like you're just making um, buttermilk. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm excited to try it and figure out how it tastes against some of the other recipes with zucchini that I've made. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited. I want you to let me know how it goes next week. Yeah. So tell me, Drea, do you have any hot tips on pantry storage? You know, I was actually hoping you had hot tips because (laughs) my pantry is a mess. Uh, It is literally like falling down onto me. I've had to put stuff on the floor because I don't have enough room on the shelves. I'm like contemplating getting a shelf for the basement so I can have a basement pantry in addition to my, like I have one of those corner closets Yeah, and I find it so inefficient. Like my mom has this one, she has one shelf, it's a giant cupboard and it, all of the shelves pull out and are like, you can see all the way to the back. And she says she doesn't like hers, but I don't like mine. So I'm like, who's? What is the best way to store your pantry stuff? I don't know. So I had a fit and I my I have two large deep drawers and one would have like a big I almost have like a rubbermaid bin of like flour and the same size bin of sugar and they're in mm-hmm. these two drawers. And 
in the flour drawer, I'd also have like baking soda and baking powder and salt and those kind of things. And then in the sugar one, I'd also have brown sugar and confectioner sugar and chocolate chips. So kind of keeping like the same with the same. Mm-hmm. But I would always, I'd take the lid off and I'd dunk in to like measure out stuff. And without fail, I would have little piles of sugar and flour in my cabinet, like in my cupboard, my mm-hmm. my drawer. and it would drive me nuts. I would literally vacuum it every two weeks and it was a mess every two weeks. And so I had a fit and I thought I cannot live like this. I also had like a bunch of mason jars in like a a cabinet and they, I couldn't see what I had and I would be buying stuff or not buying stuff, assuming that I had it. So I moved those big rubber maids of flour and sugar out of there. And I put all of my mason jars that have like white lids and they're labeled with what they have in them in those two drawers. And they're still Mm -hmm. organized with like um, the top one is like different flowers or like my coconut butter um, and baking um, stuff like culinary um, lavender and my vanilla. And then the bottom drawer is like nuts and seeds and um any chocolate chips that I have like in a in a jar mm-hmm. and then I moved the flour and sugar they're now stacked because I don't use the sugar all that much I use the flour a lot but now I have to pull the rubber made out which Wayne says is a mistake and he's like this is more annoying for you you have to pull it out all the time but so far I don't mind it and then I have like a couple other Tupperware containers that I've put my brown sugar and my confectioner sugar in so that they stay fresher and I I really I purged a lot I threw out a lot of stuff I like (laughs) kitchen like crockery and stuff that was just too much I had Mm -hmm. it was a really big fit Drea I just I couldn't I couldn't handle it anymore (laughs) that happens to me I have a momentary like I get a little panicked, especially regarding my pantry, because it's supposed to be a source of comfort for me to know that like, oh, I have all these wonderful ingredients. I can make any kind of dinner anytime I want, blah, 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 except I can't find anything because my pantry is so full. And like, yeah, I have savory side and a sweet side. And you're always supposed to put your stuff back where you get it. But my husband just jams things in wherever there's room. And so I'll end up with like the sugar on the wrong side or the flour in the wrong place. And it just drives me bonkers. But like he's getting better at putting it back where it belongs, especially with the like, there's a savory side and a sweet side. Come on. (laughs) But like there's, it's so full. It's so full. Like you, I tried to clean it one day. I think it was over our Christmas break because we're off uh for a while so I by yeah. like by like week two I was a little bored and I was like now's a good time to clean out the pantry it took me a whole day just to get everything out of there and then mm. I was trying to get it back in and I was just like I'm so overwhelmed I don't know what to do I can't organize right now anyway so it's like, it's a constant struggle. I think maybe yeah. having a downstairs pantry would be good, like a big shelf that I could line things up, like all the flour together, all of the whatever. 
and like but you don't keep you don't want to keep, keep it like at arm's reach yeah but some things I just don't use very often but I like to have in the house for example I have freeze-dried fruit I bought just a ton when I was in the states because you cannot find it here next to impossible unless you want to buy like a hundred boxes of cereal and fish out the freeze-dried strawberry so I was like okay I'm gonna get a bunch when we're down there and now I have bags and bags of them and they're just sitting in my pantry waiting to be used but like I don't use them that often I don't need them every day could it be somewhere less in the way yeah probably like I'll still keep baking powder and regular flour and like the usual suspects up here but I think I think I need a basement area for them to lounge in. You need a bunker. A pantry bunker. Like, I would just fill it up. Can you imagine how full (laughs) my pantry bunker would be? My bunker pantry would be? (laughs) Trey, you've dried beans here for about 800 years. Yeah, but (laughs) these were on sale. (laughs) I, um, I'm... I'm also, and I know it's not good practice to store stuff in clear jars, especially when it's exposed to sunlight, mm-hmm. but I am moving more and more towards clear jars for a lot of my stuff so that I can see in it. Yeah, yeah I so. I bought one of those sets of the pop, the OXO pop tops. Yes. Um, And like. It's just a drip in the bucket. I use deli containers. I use mason jars. I use those containers. I use, uh, I buy like Coffee Mate because I apparently don't have no will to live. So I just buy the Coffee <laughs> Mate that is very processed. Anyway, I empty out the containers and because I'm a bit of a recycling freak, I reuse them. And so I have like, One's full of oats and one is full of whole wheat flour that I hardly use and like so on. But like there's but just not, not room. Clear. They That's are clear. My problem. I oh, took, are they? Yeah, I, I take the plastic wrap off and then oh. they have a clear a clear bottle underneath. And so oh, okay. but like there's just not enough room. Yeah. Like ninety percent of my kitchen is no. A hundred percent of my kitchen is full. And I just like, I don't know, even my spice rack. Do you have your, how, how do you organize your spices? Well, that's where I'm moving from the color. So, okay. When I first moved away from home, my mom got me these blue spice jars Mm -hmm. and I got little labels and labeled them all. But of course the labels didn't have a label for all the different spices that I do get. So some spices had to be in like a label-less jar. Mm -hmm. But I I don't like using them because I find that I can't see when my spices are almost gone Mm -hmm. easily. Like I have to open the jar in order to see. So I'm slowly moving away from using those and using small clear mason jars So that I can, A, easily see, but B, once I've run out of a spice, I'm washing that jar and like I'll be filling up it with something different. And whenever I do get that new spice, it'll go into a fresh jar. Mm Because that was the other thing was they were really hard to wash. So, 
Yeah. And I, there's not really any organization other than like cinnamon and cloves and nutmeg is in my baking drawer and chili pepper or chili powder, cumin, and all of those like really savory spices are in my drawer close to the stove. Mm. I have two upper cabinets that flank the stove. Like I have, it's like an L shaped kitchen with the pantry in the only corner. So the one wall is like microwave above my stove and then there's two uppers on either side and two lowers. And the lowers are sort of useless because they're like just long, deep cupboards. And the uppers are shorter and I have one whole shelf full of spices and I have so many that I had to expand to the other side. Like we had tea and coffee and that sort of stuff on the other side and I'm like, we we don't need a whole shelf for that. We barely drink tea. <laughs> so I I cleared out some of that and put like I had a I have one of the Pampered Chef spice wheel things. Yes. So I put that up there so I could have my counter back. But like now I have two cupboard thro- like areas. They're so full. The spices are spilling out. I have a basket with bags of spices because, you know, you buy the spices at the store. They don't all fit fit in the teeny jar so you've got this secondary area for like open but not fully used up bags of spices like oh there has to be a better way incidentally scooping out spices from my spice jars real pain I bought a special set of measuring spoons that are narrow just for doing that. Not just because oh. I, I liked them and they were on the bake-off. So I bought, I had my husband buy some, but they also have the side benefit of fitting in those silly jars. But I like, oh, nice. I don't know. There's got to be a see, way. See, Sorry, I'm getting away saying? from those. Yeah, I'm getting away from those narrow jars. And I've been getting my all of my spices at the bulk food store. And it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. and I can control how much I buy. I still have an issue with not overbuying. I often have like a little bit left where I've overfilled something too much, but mm-hmm. I'm getting better. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what the, I, I feel like we need, and I don't even think if like an organization specialist could come in and get the perfect system going for me, you know, cause we yeah. all are, so different and we think so differently yeah I've looked at like the spice rack organizers on Amazon and I'm like they fit 12 bottles like this is not for a person who cooks (laughs) like no it's not or the you know the shelves that you can pull out like I was describing my mom has those are those inserts for your cupboards are so expensive I couldn't believe it I should look at Ikea. I like the idea of your small mason jars, though, because they'd be easy to stack. Yes. And that's something I scoop out of. Yeah, that's something I struggle with right now is that, like, I can't stack them, really. Hmm. Yeah, I stack a lot. And they're probably cheaper. Like, my stupid bottles were a dollar a piece when I bought them way back in the day. I don't know how much mason jars are, the little ones, but they are not expensive. And then I get the the white lids and I use my wax pencil mm-hmm. so I can write on 
it what's in there and I can change it the next time I fill it up. Maybe that'll be my next Christmas time um, project. Ooh. And then I'll feel overwhelmed and be like, oh, gosh, why have I done this to myself? <laughs> I just want to have a nap. Although it sounds it sounds good because, like, even though spice jars don't hold very much, whenever a recipe calls for, like, three tablespoons of cumin, I'm like, I'm getting the bag. <laughs> yep, exactly. I'm just going to have to fill this stupid jar again. So, listeners, if you have any secrets on how to store spices, please let us know because... I obviously am struggling. <laughs> We're both struggling at yeah. cookitpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And Send you us have, your ideas. If you have suggestions on how to organize my pantry, I would also accept that. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think I think it's just hopeless until I stop buying like hundreds of ingredients. <laughs> oh, but those ingredients are always so delicious. You know what? It's so like I'm what did you watch the Nadia Hussein Netflix special Time to Eat? Nadia's no, Time to not. Eat. Oh, it's so good. It's so like heartwarming and friendly and nice. But she like she's so funny. She's like used canned potatoes. Who cares? No one's gonna know. And it's so much quicker. And I'm just like, where the hell am I gonna keep canned potatoes at the ready at any time? <laughs> and then she made um. She made falafel out of refried or out of canned beans. But okay. she had like four cans of beans just sitting in her perfectly organized pantry ready for her. And I'm like, again, where the fuck am I going to keep four cans <laughs> of beans for the possibly never situation that I'm going to make my own falafel? Anyway. Yeah. I but have you know I already kitchens are staged though don't compare yourself to her cabinets I know I know I actually already have like stuff in the basement that is uh like all the stuff I buy at Costco goes to the basement and then like any extra dips or whatever anything that's shelf stable goes to the basement and we get it out when we run out of one because like you know ketchup comes in a two-pack and our barbecue sauce comes in a two-pack and whatever so I already have stuff down there but the friggin' thing is full already. That's like my understairs pantry. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter can't live under my stairs because that's where all my pantry stuff is. Yeah. I think if I get another shelf, that's where mine's going to go. In the basement underneath the stairs. Oh, no. yeah. oh, well. So is that it for I this think- week? I guess I, there's very little resolution for our pantry no. woes, but you know what? That's okay. I think all bakers struggle with this, and it's just like yes. you know, one day at a time. <laughs> I agree. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you to our listeners and supporters for always tuning in. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cook Up Podcast, and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. By rating and review us, reviewing us, you help others find us. And don't forget to email us your pantry tips at cookitpodcast at gmail.com. Bye we for now. We need it. Okay, bye. <laughs>